So I just hit record to start this podcast and I realized I need to use the restroom. I'll be back in a sec. All right. Um, Who says we can't embrace the moment and be where we are? Um, In the podcast this year, we're talking about this idea about what it means to overflow a clear vision and build a healthy community, a killer community, one that's unified, on point, and focused. Now, to get there, what I've been walking you through recently is how you've got to know your internal distractions or they're going to create external distractions that you're going to lose your way. You're going to lose your energy. You're going to lose your focus. What we're shifting to this next few podcasts, um, it's still this big idea uh, overflowing and building this healthy community, but we're going to talk about what it means now that you've purged some of those distractions to nurture your internal fire. You've got to nurture that fire. See, lots of people dream. Uh, you would not have to go very far to find somebody who knows something about their life that they would like to change. And some of them execute. They actually start something. They invest in something. They maybe get a course or they start trying to do something new. But few of them execute well. And the reason that so few execute well, because it is a rare person that knows how to grow their inner fire in the midst of the crazy and the chaotic. We all have crazy, we all have chaotic, we all have setbacks. Um, Nurturing your inner fire is like feeding your body awesome and delicious, healthy foods. And so many are starving internally regarding their inner fire. And I'm telling you, you can feast every day. It's amazing to me how circumstances, problems, overwhelming options, results, and everything you're experiencing are there to teach you how to feed that inner fire. Nurturing your inner fire isn't about an escape to the beach, and we all need that occasionally. Uh, But if that's all you get, you'll swing between peaks of exhaustion and energetic. I want to know how to tap into that reservoir of who I am every single day. And that's going to come through deep learning when things aren't going perfect. See, it's the problems that teach me how to remove the distractions, what the last few episodes are about, so I can throw wood on my internal fire and watch that sucker burn. Now, I don't think any of us wake up in the morning and think, I would like to learn some stuff about life the hard way. Gross. Nobody wakes up and says, I would like to learn the danger um, or or the damage that anger can inflict on my relationships. Nobody's waking up and saying, I would like to learn the stress that financial brokenness creates, or I would like to know what it feels like to have an empty, cold, shriveled heart. Nobody says, I would wake up, I would love to wake up one day and realize I have no passionate pursuit of mission, but instead I'm just making bricks by staring at a computer for decades while someone else profits. But... We get impatient, and we force things that aren't working rather than starting over with a new direction. We had this backyard pool that had a tear in it. You know, it was one of those redneck PVC pipe pools, and for the two summers we had it, it was awesome. Uh, It was so much fun, and uh, we had this little tear happen, so I I tried to fix the tear with super glue before I filled it. But apparently, super glue isn't supposed to be used on whatever material that this was made of because it made the tear worse. So whatever I used burned up some of the material, chemical burn. But I forced it. So I went ahead and filled the pool. And mud was shooting in the tear whenever you'd step near it. 
So I bought some underwater patching material, and I put a brick on my back to hold myself underwater, and I tried to fix it again. And that fix worked for the summer. And I took the brick off my back and came up above water, obviously. I'm just telling you how I did this uh, redneck style to fix it. But that fix worked for the summer. And then the tear got worse, and it got bad enough that the pool was ruined. And I basically learned how to not fix a tear in a redneck PVC pipe pool. More importantly, I learned when I force things, it goes bad. See, forcing things will squelch your inner fire. Why do we force things? Stress. We, we feel stressed when it isn't going well. So we want to learn that we, we're forcing something. We want to notice that. So I'm going to talk to you about this idea, uh, recognizing the difference between force and flow. Just notice if you're forcing something, because that will wake you up that there's something that you need to learn. Whenever you're forcing something, you just want to wake up and go, whoa, okay, There's something I need to learn here. I need to wait. There's a gap between where I am and where I want to be, and it's not going to be closed by forcing it. Let the gap stir up the inner fire. Let it nurture the hunger to grow. See, if you aren't hungry for growth, then you're a fool. Growth is flow, and flow is the opposite of force. So the beginning point of nurturing the inner fire is when we're in a place that we want to force something, We want to flow. We want to notice a gap to be closed. We want to notice where we want to grow. And I'm going to walk you through that. Number one, here's how you grow. Here's how you nurture that inner fire at a beginning point when you're forcing something. Number one, face reality. Face reality. Um, In 2003, I was in a meeting and somebody made a comment about my hair thinning. And I remember thinking, well, that's weird because it isn't. And I can look back now at that time, pictures from that time, and I see it. I was hanging on to a reality that didn't exist. Occasionally, I'll get tagged in a picture and think, whoa, that's a lot of exposed cranium. I didn't want to face reality in 2003, and uh, yeah, we don't know how to separate the journey from results. We may not like the results, but the results don't define us. Having a secure identity means we're not attached to the results and we can face reality and engage the journey every day. Now, if you start facing reality, then you're going to think about people who have something that you need, wisdom, knowledge, insight, a process, something that they can help you with to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And so real practical here on number one, facing reality, a a practical step that I want you to take, think through some high caliber folks that you would need to start connecting with. Maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's three. And so here's a suggested template. Just reach out to them. Hey, I really think it's, you could email them. I really think it's cool what you're doing with blank, fill in the blank. I thought blank was particularly brilliant right? Make it specific. Hey, I think it's really cool with what you're doing with this new um, approach to the way that you're building an online community. I thought the way that you invited people to join you in a Slack channel was particularly brilliant. Um, Whatever it is, right? Then you just say in the email, I've got a few high caliber folks I'm connecting with by phone for 30 minutes a month. I come ready to the chat to talk about It's four things, and I've shared these with you before. Wins, losses, places I'm stuck, and what's inspiring me. It takes about 15 minutes to run through those, and then we give each other feedback and ideas. 
It's like a concentrated dose of entrepreneurialism at a high level. Let me know if you'd like to chat on this. Shoot me three options and we'll try one. If it's good, we'll chat for three more times. And if you enjoy that, we'll chat six more times. And this is just a way that you can reach out. If you're hungry to grow, you face reality, there's somebody you want to reach out to. That's a practical way. You could just use that template to do it. Number two, when you want to nurture the inner fire and you're really hungry to go, grow, uh, when you're really hungry to grow and you want to stop forcing something, not only number one, do you face reality. Number two, listen selectively without being defensive. See, if you're secure in who you are, then you can listen without being defensive. Um, you can listen selectively though also. See, people who are growing and flowing and facing their reality are people you can learn from, even if it feels like you're ahead of them, whatever that useless phrase means. If they're leaning into their reality and exploring new ways of being and doing, then I'm going to learn from the people around me, regardless of their age or stage. But if they're locked up, if they're covered up in anger and bitterness and they create relational chaos around them, then I disregard much of what they say. If they're living in response to the shoulds of life and pressure of others, then they're missing their own customized wisdom. And their own lack of truth means they really can't help me see truth. So I'm going to listen to others. I'm going to listen selectively. Uh, I don't have to just take everything everybody's saying. I'm not going to be defensive. And then there are some people I'm not going to listen to much of what they have to say at all. You know, when I help people and they've stepped into a place that they're leading a new team. Um, one of the things that I try to help them understand is the presence that they bring to those meetings is so huge. And if you're secure in who you are, then you can bring a presence in those meetings that relaxes as you make space for others and you listen to them, but they start to learn where you are going forward with the vision and how they can support you in it. Um, in fact, and I didn't plan on going into this, but just because I'm talking about it, if you are jumping into a team and you're leading that team, you need to, um, I've talked about this in earlier stuff and I'll hit on it again, you need to figure out what phase that team is in and build out of that. Is it just becoming together? Have they just faced some conflict? Are they starting to click? Because then you need to match what they need. But let me give you just a, a really easy way to step into a team and nurture that team's inner fire. And again, didn't plan on this, but I'm just going to jump into it. You need to give them a framework so they know what to expect from you. Give them some kind of framework of what you define as them being great leaders. It could be one you make up. Here's four L's, right? Whatever. Uh, you give a framework. You refer to that framework in meetings, and you create space for them to push back against the application of that framework. Maybe the project deadline's too tight. Um, and you also let them know you're going to be holding them accountable. So I give a framework. I create killer meetings. They're going to have space to challenge things, but there's going to be accountability for deadlines. And then if I jump into a team new, then I'm also going to make sure I schedule one-on-ones. Maybe not forever, but at least at first. And then maybe 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And I'm just saying one thing to them in the one-on-ones. Put me in your world. Put me in your world. That's what it means to listen. So if you want to be the kind of leader that listens, you can use that uh, phrase or statement in interacting with others, okay? So let's go back to the bigger idea. Here's growth when you want to nurture that inner fire. You face reality. I think I just said fire, a little bit of my southern draw coming back in there. Um, face reality, number two, listen selectively without being defensive. 
And number three, probably my favorite way of saying this is apply the change in awe of life. Breathe. Breathe. Just do it. We're alive. Feel that. You don't have to rigidly make changes to impress others or yourself. You don't have to make changes to make yourself feel acceptable. Just feel the simple beauty and joy of existence. And out of that gratitude, fill the space where you're forcing something with a new action of flow. If you just try and rigidly stop forcing, you're forcing again. Replace forcing with flow. Now that's a 30,000 foot view. So you'll have to wrestle with that idea today to see the application break through into your life. But here's what I can tell you. Um, when you feel afraid about a situation, when you feel a fear of the next step, we're going to look for the ways that we're forcing it and relax so that we can really find that state of flow. Um, you know, they say that it's not luck if you do something twice. And I had to rebuild my income twice. And as I've launched out into Sightshift these last couple of years, doing this full time, it was doing that again. And there were moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get this done. I've got to make this happen. And I could feel that force, that, that, that mindset of forcing it, overtaking me. And there were times I gave into it, for sure. But more often than not, I was able to recognize it and go, you know what? Is there a change I need to make? You know, I, I'm going to apply that change in all the fact that I've been here before and I can do this again. And if it wasn't something that I'd been there before, then I'm going to number two. Then I'm going to listen selectively. And I'm going to pay attention around me to the places I need to grow and let others help me get where I want to go. And this is all built on, number one, facing reality. So, look, I know what it's like to be in a place where you feel a hesitancy. It's fine to be a hesitant leader. Sometimes those make the best kind at empowering others. But the reason I've talked about you so much is because I don't want you to shortchange your community from experiencing your best because you're dragging bottom from so much forcing rather than channeling an abundant and healthy overflow because you've stopped forcing and you find that flow. So nurture that inner fire far, far. <laughs> Keep that fire burning. Glad you're here. Have a great rest of the day. Peace.